Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Georgia Sports on Tap podcast. And I'm your host, Kyle. And uh, this podcast is for spreading positivity and we want to touch on every sport. Every sport deserves um, deserves credit for their accomplishments. Whether you're the smallest sport at the school, whether you're the biggest sport and uh, maybe the most viewed sport. I, I love covering sports. I love giving athletes the attention they deserve um, and have earned with how they've played on and off the field. Um, so without further ado, thank you for tuning in to the second edition. And uh, this is going to be an Atlanta-based podcast. Instead of talking about uh, the college sports, we're going to make um, this the Atlanta show. We're going to talk uh, Atlanta United's biggest si- new signing and striker. Uh, they signed uh, DP Yorgis Yakumakis. Uh, he's a striker. He'll he'll be basically replacing um, Joseph Martinez. He's a Greek international. He's he's transferring over from Celtic FC, which is in the Scottish Premier League, and he's uh. He'll need an international roster spot, and he's pending international transfer certificate and his visa. Um, and uh, technical director Carlos Bocanegro said, uh, "Jorgis is a player who's been on the club's radar for a while, and we're excited to bring him to Atlanta. He's a powerful striker who loves to get in the box and score goals. He plays with high intensity." works hard, and is someone we think will help the team both in the attack and leading the line defensively. We're excited to welcome him to the club and integrate him into the squad. The 28-year-old played the last two seasons in the Scottish Premier League with Celtic FC, and uh, he was the league's top score goal scorer with 13 during the 2021-2022 uh, campaign and helped Celtic win both the league title and the Scottish League Cup. He uh, this season he tallied six goals in nineteen appearance. Um, across all competitions, he scored twenty six goals in fifty seven appearances. Um, looks to be a big get for uh, um, Atlanta United and Atlanta United put out a really cool um, thing on social media before they got him. So if y'all were following this transfer, y'all would have seen that uh, he was originally set to go to a Japanese team who paid like a four million transfer fee. I believe uh, Atlanta United's is like four point seven is the reported transfer fee going to Celtic, but I'll have to double check on that. Um, but they put out a cool video where they had like an airplane. And it had, this is your captain speaking. We are rerouting from Japan to Atlanta, Georgia. And it was one of the coolest and most well done things to like say, hey, we finally got him. We're finalizing this deal and we made it happen, Atlanta. We made this big signing and we're putting all our chips in to try to make this a good season. So uh, really excited for that. Um, And he's... He's basically Joseph Martinez's replacement. Uh, as I said earlier, Joseph was getting old. After that ACL tear, he wasn't the same. So Atlanta United ended up ha- 
having to give them away for basically nothing. And uh, they, he ended up get, going to enter Miami. So we'll, we'll get to see Joseph Martinez in a different uniform, which saddens me because I loved watching him during all his years being a big part and getting like the MLS goals record that one season, uh, being a crazy good striker for Atlanta United all these years. I, I can't believe he's gone. It seemed like he was like bound to be this Atlanta guy forever because he was a cornerstone of Atlanta. Every Atlanta United fan loved Joseph Martinez. He was the most beloved player in Atlanta United history. I know Atlanta United has a short history, but this guy is going to be hard. Joseph Martinez is going to be hard to top for the best player and most beloved player in Atlanta United history. It's just a fact. Everybody still wishes we could have gotten more for him. And maybe that ACL injury doesn't happen and wishes he was still here, still playing at that great form he was when he was at the top of his game. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And uh, he's just been falling off the last couple years. And uh, if you've been watching and you're saying from a non-biased, non-Atlanta United perspective, you're like, this guy needs to go. He did not have that Joseph magic, that Joseph style, that just, that's, he just didn't look the same. And I think we're getting a great striker in Jorgis uh, Yakumakis. His name is so hard to pronounce. Hopefully I am not pronouncing it wrong. I checked the pronunciation guide, so hopefully I got it down pretty well. Um, so this is a great addition. Um, really great job by the social media team uh, getting this one out there. I love how 30 minutes before they did the plane thing. Uh, that was such a cool way to get it out there. Um, and so excited for what the season holds. Him and Almada are going to be a fun duo to try to watch. You also recently had Luis Abram, a defender, get uh, transferred into Atlanta United. So we'll have to see how he does. Um, he's on the younger side. So the 26-year-old per Peruvian looks to make this defense uh, much better for Atlanta United, which has been horrible, absolutely horrendous the past couple of years. Atlanta United's biggest problem, if you speak to any Atlanta United fan, has been defense. They cannot kiss consistently defend. There's always some sort of mistake leading to a bunch of goals, and they can never get past it. And uh, even with one of the best attacks in the MLS, with great attackers like Almada, Almada, Ariujo, and a bunch more names, um, it just hasn't worked, so, um, I hope to see it get better, but, um, they're gonna need Miles Robinson to come up big, they're gonna need Gutman, they're gonna need some of their midfielders and guys to at least help a little bit on defense, not put them in vulnerable positions, because as we all know, Miles Robinson is one guy, and he can't defend the whole backside of the when the guys get into the box and get a good scoring attack going for the opponent. You need some solid defense, so hopefully that improves. But it has not been great in friendlies, giving up three goals in basically most of the friendlies. So uh, 
We'll see if that changes, but friendlies don't count for much. You're playing some of your backups, so uh, it's hard to say what um, takeaways you can take from the friendly. Maybe you can look at a young guy and say, oh, that guy looks good for the future, but um, we'll just have to see and keep our uh, ears to the ground. As we try to keep our ears to the ground so we can see what's going on, we'll try to, I'll try to follow it closely, and if I have anything that I can update you on, any good news or bad news, we'll try to take the positive out of every piece of news because I, I like being an optimist trying to take the positive out of every situation maybe this went well this went poorly um there's always a positive in every situation and i think you can look at it i think you can look at everything as maybe we did this well maybe we can uh improve on something else and this team can get to where it wants to go which is obviously being a contender for mls cups and being a contender to win it all this team, uh, the expectations were set very high once they won that um, MLS Cup very early in the process of becoming a team. Um, so it's really hard for those expectations to come back down. Now every fan has this expectation. We are a playoff team. We are a team that should be up there competing for playoff spots competing for MLS championships in the future while I've liked some of what Gonzalo Pinedo has done it hasn't been perfect no team is perfect every coach has flaws we'll we'll see how he irons stuff out makes things better hopefully he can help scheme the defense to be better this year but uh the defense has been so bad for so long that it's really hard to say yeah this defense is just gonna magically get better this year but obviously more offense helps because you're gonna try to hold the ball in attack and hopefully get a bunch of goals where no team even if you have a horrible defense can get you and next I want to go into the Falcons and some of my expectations for the draft and uh free agency I expect the Falcons to at least address uh, their defense a little bit. I'd love for them to get a couple big flat splash free agents and then a couple smaller signings where you're like, okay, this might work. They could be good. Um, so I'd love for them to re-sign Zacchaeus. If they could get him for like $3 million per year, that'd be a great contract. Um, they also have... Drake London, Kyle Pitts will be coming back. This is a solid-looking team. Your biggest free agent that you have to spend money on is probably McGarry, but if it goes too high, you just let him go and try to find a guy, a cheap option for maybe $5 million and hope they work out because there's always some guy who's underrated who you can scout and find and be like, this guy is going to be a great starter, even though he's not this highly touted guy. He just needs a little bit of work, a little bit more practice, a little bit of coaching up. And Arthur Smith's being an O-line coach early in his career really has me excited for the Falcons' future because one of the biggest flaws 
for the Falcons before he came was the O-line. And you look at the the production of the O-line this past season, you're like, oh my, the running game was exceptional. Algier breaking out, Huntley being good. Avery Williams is a gadget player who they're trying to develop. Um, Their receiving core needs work. Their D-line still needs work. They're still getting like teens in the sack numbers, which you need that up to like 30 at least. 40 is like where you want it. So they need to at least sign one free agent there. And I'd love for them to draft, if not a defensive lineman and or edge in the first round I would love an offensive tackle maybe you could go secondary if you if you feel none of those guys are good enough for that eighth overall pick or and in and later in the draft maybe late day two early day three I would love for them to get a wide receiver to help out Drake London because you can't have one good wide receiver and expect him to get open all the time because they're going to start doubling him. They're going to start figuring out, hey, Falcons have no more weapons on the outside. All we got to do is load the box and make sure this guy has at least a double (laughs) on him, which teams will figure out how to scheme, how to drop, how to blend things in. But I'm really excited for what I saw from Desmond Ritter. He had better stats than um, Tyler Huntley, who I don't know how he got into the pro, uh, pro Bowl. It proves the Pro Bowl is a total joke for the NFL. One of the worst all-star type events in sports. It's crazy with all this money and all this uh, revenue from the NFL and all the things they got going for them. They can't get the Pro Bowl right. Um, but anyways, um, what I was saying, this is a fun team. This is a talented team, and with a not-so-great division in the NFC South, they very well could win it next year if they make the right moves. And for me, I'm really excited for what uh, Terry Fontenot has in store. I've been really impressed with the GMs and all the stuff going on for them. So it's going to be fun. So uh, Get ready for uh, a great off season. We'll probably cut Mariota, and we'll probably get like, we'll get like ten million in cap to keep it up to like sixty-seven million. Uh, we're already at fifty-six million in cap, so uh, this will be fun. Um, Falcons are one of the most exciting teams to watch during this off season with how much money they have. I believe I saw somewhere they have the second most cap space. The first team has like 90 million. This is the first time in a while Falcons have had any money to spend. Usually they're trying to cut players to make money because they're over the cap because of Thomas Dimitrov's dumb decisions to go full bore on the cap and not have the talent he needed. It just he spent too much and they couldn't get the talent they needed because he was always like over cap. So they couldn't bring back their guys. They weren't drafting well. Um, They had a couple great draft picks, but some of them were horrible. It seems as though uh, the Thomas Dimitrov eras had some better picks with Arnold Abuketti looking like he's 
deserving of that second round pick. Um, Drake London looking like he might have been worth that eighth overall pick, being the best receiver graded out per PFF with an 83.6 grade, which is amazing. So uh, when I, I saw that pick of Drake London, I questioned it. I was like, what are they doing? Receiver is not the biggest need. Go out and draft D lineman. But you saw the next D lineman to go at their current pick. He went 26, and that was Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for what they're doing. They're adding some quality depth. So uh, we'll we'll have to follow how free agency goes and I'm gonna try to get someone else on to cover this more in depth because I'm I'm not perfect when it comes to uh Falcons free agency. I'm not a salary cap nerd. I know some people are nerdy about salary cap and know all the rules, but me I gotta kind of look at this and make sure I got the rules down. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna work on trying to get someone to maybe Join me on the weekend, record a podcast, and maybe release it Monday, hopefully. Uh, I'm recording this currently on Wednesday night, late Wednesday night. Uh, So this one will probably come out Friday because I'm trying to space two out. I'm recording two at this time. So um, we'll move on. We'll go to the Hawks. The Hawks have been the definition of meh this year. Hawks haven't have had conflict in the in their coaching in the top of their organization with the owner's son basically controlling how they trade and now you got a complete a GM getting promoted and now you got Kyle Corver who came in as like a scout just this year being your assistant GM it's just a train wreck at the top of the Hawks and I don't expect it to get much better anytime soon Um, I think they might do something during the trade deadline, but if they do, I'll do a breaking podcast, but hopefully they'll get it together. Dejon Murray has been like the, one of the bright spots. I've really liked what I've seen from bogey. We knew he wasn't great defensively, but he's been solid offensively better than I expected. I thought his knee would kill him. And maybe he'd uh, be sitting out some games, but he's been quite healthy, healthier than I expected. So uh, I'm really happy with the results. And I, I'm hoping for a great rest of the season for the Hawks, but I don't expect it. And I, I personally just don't know if this team, it, they're not contender caliber because they the lack of bench depth. And the conflict in the top of the organization, you had Trey um, Trey having conflict with Nate McMillan earlier in the year. It seems like it's been more bad than good with the Hawks. I don't know uh, how you fix this as the Hawks. There's a, this is a hard fix. You're just like kind of sitting there like, how, how are we going to fix this? I think... I've heard Nate McMillan could be gone after this year, and I think he should be unless they like somehow win the finals and win it all. He should be gone. But uh, Hawks seem to be on the downturn ever since that uh, conference Eastern Conference Championship with Nate McMillan at the helm. 
versus the 76ers, it's been, I mean, getting to the Eastern Conference versus Milwaukee where they lost, um, it's been rough for the Hawks. So um, hopefully they can turn around. Hopefully they can start being more consistent. But it seems like every, it's win, loss, win, loss, and no in between. You're just losing a couple games, win a couple games. They've scored basically the same amount of points that they've given up, which is very middling. It's very rough. You, I don't know what else to say about this Hawks team, except this is one of the most disappointing Hawks teams I've ever seen. Um, I don't know how much more disappointing you could be disappointed you could be in a team. Uh, this team had high expectations. But uh, they've never panned out. But I have liked what I've seen from A.J. Griffin, um, Jalen Johnson. Some of the young guys are playing well, but about the, uh, that's about it. Um, you can't say much more about this team. This team has been worse, and it seems to be on a downward trend. And I don't know uh, if there's a case where it trends up anytime soon. So we'll just have to see and hope for the best. Um, so we'll move on and we're going to go to the Dream. So the Dream currently have nine players on the roster for the next season. Um, they traded for a South Carolina Gamecock and Alicia Gray has spent her whole six-year career and uh, with the Dallas Wings and the Hawks. And the Atlanta Dream traded a third overall pick in this year's draft and a 2025 pick to the Dallas Wings for her. She is coming off her best season last year where she averaged 13.3 points, 4.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists, shot 42% from the field, and shot 40% from three. So this is a great addition. I expect her to get lots of time time with the dream in the lineup and stuff um so i'm gonna do a quick lineup prediction from what they currently have on their roster i would expect at point guard for it to be eric mcdonald out of as of this current moment and then alicia gray at shooting guard ryan howard at small forward and then nia coffee at power forward and um and Shanae Parker at uh, center, or at point guard, you could have Danielle Robinson, who was also someone they went out and uh, got this offseason. And they have have a key bench player in Asia Durr, who they traded for last year. Um, they also have Malik Billings, who's a solid bench player for them coming back. And they have a young power forward, and Naz Hillman, which is going to be fun to watch in the future to see how she ends up doing in her career. Um, so this is going to be a fun team to watch. They're on the upward trend, um, the exact opposite trend of the Hawks. It seems like they finally got some decent management in here. Uh, if you guys don't know, they were one of the worst teams in the WNBA for a while there under horrible management. And last year, they undertook new management for the first time. And they looked at one point in the season like 
they could maybe make a playoff run, which was absolutely incredible and shocking to me. Um, I'm so excited to see what this dream team can do. And uh, if you don't know how this dream team got their name, they got their name from the Martin Luther King I Have a Dream speech, which is pretty cool. I found that out on MLK Day when I was looking through their page, looking to post stuff for my uh, Instagram Georgia sports content where I post lots of con- fun content. I do some interviews on there. So if if y'all aren't already following, I would say please follow because that helps support me. And I love every one of you. Even if you're not following, thank you for all your support, whether it's your first time listening to me or your first time hearing me. Thank you. We'll talk about the Braves next, but I just wanted to get a quick plug in. Um, so Braves didn't really do much this offseason. They made a couple low-level trades. They traded for the Rockies outfielder. Um, Braves basically traded a lottery pick, Dylan Spain, for a Rockies outfielder with minimal major league experience and Sam Hilliard to come in and compete for a roster spot. They also traded for Jaco Rizzi for uh, and $10 million cash for Kobe Alliard. If you all don't remember, Kobe Allard was originally in the system and he was a big time prospect. But after being traded to Texas A&M, things haven't worked out and he's been a total bust in the MLB. Um, Hoping for the best and hoping he gets back to being that top end prospect he was expected to be. And they also signed a relief pitcher in Nick Anderson, uh, who's on a split deal where he'll make about a million if he's in the MLB. Um, they also re-signed Jesse Chavez on a minor league deal to compete for a roster spot. Um, they also added Dennis Santana by trading for with Texas again, giving them cast considerations. And lovable swordsman, Guillermo Heredia is gone. One of the most beloved players for coming out of the Braves dugout during celebrations with these two plastic swords and one of the most fun players to watch. He was so fun to see, smiling in the dugout, always happy for his teammates, always cheering him on, always being that great defensive replacement. But unfortunately, his time is done with Atlanta. Um, they also traded in kind of a questionable move to some people. One of their top uh, batting prospects in Justin Henry Malloy, along with right-handed pitcher Jake Higginbottom for uh, back-of-the-bullpen reliever Joe Jimenez. That was one of their biggest moves of the offseason before they ended up making an even bigger splash by securing um, Sean Murphy by giving up Robert Salinas, Justin Yeager, Freddie Tarnock, Kyle Muller, William Contreras, Manuel Manny Pena in a uh in a in a three-team deal. The team team that got included was Milwaukee to help nail this deal down. Um Tarnock was a well-thought-of reliever, but he wasn't no not near the he was near the top 10, but maybe not top 10. He was definitely high up on the Braves 
farm system. Justin Yeager, a talented prospect, had pitched in the lower levels, but he wasn't near the top of the prospects. Robert Salinas, near the back of their top 30. Kyle Muller, he was... uh, he hadn't really panned out, but he was near the top of their prospects in the years he's been in their farm system. William Contreras had shown some stuff in the MLB, but I guess his defense wasn't enough for them him to be kept. Um, Manny Pena, they didn't really need him with all the catchers they had, so it's not surprising he was added to this trade. Um, they also went out and signed a bunch of minor leaguers to try to compete for roster spots. You brought back Adrianza. You brought in Mitchell Tolman, an infielder. You brought in Hoy Joan Park, who uh, was originally in the Yankees system before moving around. They uh, Atlanta Braves gave Boston future considerations. They sh- signed Joe Hudson to a minor league deal. They signed Luplo to a $1.4 million contract um, to compete for a roster spot. They re-signed Justin Jackson Stevens, who can be a multi-inning relief guy. They uh, also traded for Lucas Letke, who uh, is a great bullpen piece for Atlanta. Strengthens and even a strength for them. Uh, they gave up Caleb Durbin and Indigo Diaz, who was thought to be a great reliever po- prospect for the Braves. Um, they also... Traded for Eli White, gave given up cash considerations to Texas again. Um, Eli White had one of the better defensive plays in 2022, where he caught it over the wall and looked just phenomenal. And uh, they also signed Justin Fruentes to a minor league contract. They signed right-handed pitcher Yaxel Rios. They signed Ryder Jones to a minor league contract. They signed uh, A.J. Mentor via arbitration. And then they had all 23 international prospect signings with Luis Guanipa being their biggest international prospect signing. Um, They also extended Brian Snittner's contract by one year, making him on contract till 2025. Um, they signed Kevin Pillar to a split deal where he'll make $3 million if he's in the major leagues. And they signed Forrest Wall to a an, another outfielder to a minor league contract with a spring training invite. They signed Mullen, Nolan Martinez to a minor league contract with a, a uh, spring training invite. John Oszak do a minor league deal with an invite. Brian Moran, brother of Colin Moran, uh, they signed him to a minor league contract with an invite. Magnus Sierra, same thing. He's a center fielder with an invite to spring training. Adeni Hechevaria, he's returning to Atlanta after being in like in a foreign country and signing like a two-year deal there. He's coming back to the U.S. and trying to make it back in the majors on a minor league contract with Atlanta. Also, Atlanta, notable, they won the arbitration case with Max Freed, giving him one year, $13.5 million, 
which is kind of surprising considering how great Max Fried has been in his career with the Braves. It's surprising that he lost that, but it's a good thing for the Braves as they try to stay below the luxury tax as long as possible. That way they can avoid the big penalties. Um, They're one of the better teams in the MLB, and at some point they will probably have to go over. So we'll see if it's sooner rather than later. Um, It's only a matter of time. And uh, that's that. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate everyone who supports. And uh, I hope you all have a great day. And this has been fun trying to restart this podcast. If you all don't know, I tried to start a Georgia podcast earlier, but I was inconsistent because I really didn't want to record on my own. I was scared of the thought of being bad at recording on my own. So hope you all have a great day. And I'll see you on the third edition of this uh, podcast, unless we have a breaking news segment, which would be absolutely fun.